Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Daniel Bruce Levin, who owns a company, The Mosaic Online, and also has a website, DanielBruceLevin.com. So let me spell the website names for you, uh, TheMosaicOnline.com, which is T-H-E-M-O-S-A-I-C-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. And of course, his website, Daniel Bruce Levin, D-A-N-I-E-L-B-R-U-C-E-L-E-V-I-N.com. Danny, welcome to the show. I, if they can write that fast, I am, I am proud of them. I want to, I want to know those people. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, you know, formerly with, um, with Josh, when he used to host the show, he would always spell out the website. So I wanted to kind of follow <laughs> um, what he did uh, as well. But uh, yeah, Danny, it's so great to have you here today. I also have to mention that uh, your website is for your book, The Mosaic. And so we'll definitely tap into that uh, here momentarily. I thought I'd ask, you know, since 2020, I like to do what I call mental health check-ins and ask people how they're really doing. So Danny, how have you really been doing nowadays? I love that because I, I, I have a podcast that I call Conversations with Strangers. Mm. And I ask, and the first question I ask strangers is, how are you? And the common answer is, good, fine, great. Mm-hmm. And I said, I understand. But that's a salutation answer. Right. I actually want to know how you're doing. So I've never had anybody start off their show by asking, how are you really doing? Well, that's um, a win for Jen. And, and, so, and a win for Jen. Jen, you're, you're <laughs> like, you and I are the same. Um, <laughs> For me, this has been one of the most beautiful times in the world. And I don't mean to downplay all the tragedy and hurt pain people have gone through. Mm -hmm. But when you learn to listen to the world around you, everything in the world is speaking to you. Mm -hmm. And so when when the coronavirus hit and we were told we couldn't go out, I was about to go on a trip around the world. Wow. I, I had my first 45 cities all set. I was going to grow it organically from that. I was going to sit on street corners and boardrooms and prisons and hate groups and love groups wow. and hospitals and schools. And I was going to try and speak with the people nobody speaks to and listen to the people nobody listens to. Yeah. 12 days before I was leaving, COVID came and there was a complete shutdown of the world and nobody could go anywhere. Mm. So I, I asked myself, why in the world would access to the world outside of me be denied Mm -hmm. what would be the message that it would want me to have and the message to me was if you can't go outside go inside and so i took that message and sat with that message and i was 10 years as a monk anyway in a monastery so i returning that that to that place of sitting inside with myself and getting to know myself was extremely comfortable and extremely extremely beautiful Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started to think about what, what would it be like if we would all slow, in our, slow down and have to sit and be with ourselves? Well, we see what it is. There's mm-hmm. more suicide rates, more drinking that's going on, more because our buffer zones of, of toxicating ourselves or going out or celebrating or running and partying or just doing things that are outside of ourselves mm-hmm. has been eliminated. And now we're really stuck in, in the proximity of our own being. Yeah. And what hurts me more than anything is how few people really know themselves. So part of what my purpose here in this world is, is to hold the space for people to feel loved and accepted, to feel listened to and heard. Mm-hmm. 
to feel acknowledged and validated. And what I find is when people feel that, suddenly all of their defenses, all the things that they protect themselves with, they, know, they feel they no longer need to hold those up anymore. Mm-hmm. All of that falls away and who they are emerges. And sometimes when I speak with people in that room, I'm amazed because they're seeing themselves for the first time because they're so used to carrying all, their, all the protection around with them. Yeah. And I understand it because we get hurt. You know, we open ourselves up and we get hurt. And so we, there's only so much time that I'm going to allow myself to do this without putting a wall up to protect myself from that, right? Absolutely. And so we live in these silos. We don't know where we're going to hit ourselves or we don't know where the wall's going to hit ourselves. So we have a silo two millimeters from, our, from us, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. But mm-hmm. that isn't living a world. That isn't. And then we wonder why there's no intimacy in the world. Because the intimacy we think we know is when my silo bumps up to your silo and we, and we touch each other. But we're not touching each other. Our silos are touching each other. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing each other. We're seeing each other's silos. So the cl- clearest way to bring down a wall amongst people is the same way that I bring it down with me. If I'm building a wall because I'm hitting myself, and I'm knocking myself all down with my thoughts and my thoughts, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not enough. Well, all I have to do is stop hitting myself and then I don't need this wall here. Suddenly now I go, whoa, look at the world around me. This is amazing. It's so much bigger. There's so much space here. Then I might see you and I might say, wow, this is a beautiful woman. I'm scared of her. Like, I don't know what she's going to do to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I might put that wall up again. Oh, now I know now how to bring that wall down. Mm-hmm. because if I can just love and accept you and listen to you and hear you and acknowledge and validate you for who you are, then there's no need for us to, to defend ourselves. There's no need for us to attack each other. There's mm-hmm. no need for us to fight or yell or scream or tantrum. We can just be with each other mm-hmm. because you feel accepted by me. Yeah. Wow. I could just really feel your heart and your presence and your love for people, Danny. Um, I, I feel it because I, 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 for me, like as an empath and a highly sensitive person, like I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> and so even, I think even just when we started this conversation, we asked you like, how are you really doing? And you, you acknowledged that like, no one's really asked you that question. Um, I just, you know, and the fact that you pointed that out, I just feel like, you know, from one, one empath to another, it's like, it's an honor, you know, to have a, a conversation yeah. with you. And you have to tell me, Danny, because I think that, um, you have to have gone through a lot in your life to get to a place where you could actually be present with people and help them feel validated. So what was that journey like for you to sit with people and make them feel that way? Like, how did you get to that place? So, um, I think it really came in writing the mosaic and that was only a few years ago. Wow. I, I, I used to be a guy who my insecurity caused me to want to always be right. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to, I always, I was smart. I knew the right answers. I could, I could, I could lip sync the right, the words to all the songs. Right. <laughs> but I wasn't living the words to those songs. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote, I turned, when I turned 60, I decided I wanted to write something because I've lived a very interesting life. I've had a lot of pain. I've had a lot of, of troubles. Yeah. I've had some of the most beautiful things in the world happen. I had the opportunity to, to run a billion-dollar company, and I walked away from it to hitchhike around the world to find inner peace and happiness. 
But I also lost my parents when I was a kid. I lost my wife to a terrible cancer. I have a developmentally delayed daughter. I ha- and I've had, a, I've had businesses succeed and, 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 and grow from $3 million to $100 million in sales. And I've also had troubles getting businesses going. Mm-hmm. So I've known both sides. I've had the opportunity in my life to sit with the richest people in the world at their dinner tables, play on the floor with their kids, meet their parents, and sit on street corners with some of the poorest of the poor mm-hmm. and, and meet their friends and their family. And Jen, what I realized is that I had become a little bit of a snob. <laughs> I, I wanted to only associate with people of a higher vibration. Wow, that's big for I, you to admit. <laughs> oh, God, big time. And I, I only wanted to eat in restaurants where they cooked with a certain sort of love in the food. Mm. And I wanted to be with people that could see bigger things than, than most people. And, and when I wrote The Mosaic, it, it shocked me because it wasn't me writing it. The mm. characters in The Mosaic, the story is about my story. It's a fabulized version of my story. Mm-hmm. But I only realized in writing it what that fabulized version was, what the story actually was. Mm-hmm. I had sat with all sorts of different people and the characters that were coming through that in the book, Mo, the main, the protagonist asks, why did his parents pass away and where did they go? Cause mm-hmm. they passed away two years apart on the same day when he was just a boy. Wow. And the adults told him that they went to a place called heaven. Mm-hmm. So he decided then and there, he was going to find the place called heaven and he set out right then to find it. Mm-hmm. But the people he met were not the holy men and women. They weren't the Aborigines elders. They weren't the shamans and the priests and the swamis and the gurus and the ministers. And they were the road worker and the trash man. They were the homeless man and the blind woman. Wow. And he wondered, why am I sitting with these people? Of all people, why would I sit with these people? What are they going to show me? Mm-hmm. And he just heard a voice say, just listen to them. Tell, let them tell you their stories. And Jen, in every single case, when he listened to them tell their stories, what he realized is the person he initially saw wasn't at all the person that they were. Mm. And when that happened every single time, over and over and over and over and over again, he started to wonder, I wonder if I see anything the way it is, or if I see everything just the way I am, if I see my world rather than the world. Mm-hmm. And what would happen if I would slide myself to the right, like mm-hmm. on those dating apps, swipe left or swipe right, right? <laughs> what would happen if I, sli- if I just swiped myself right? Wow. What would the world look like if I could see it without my own perspective getting in the way? Mm-hmm. And what he saw blew his mind. Mm-hmm. At that moment, he looked over to his right and he saw a monk unzipping the sky and inviting him to walk with him through the, the hole in the sky to a parallel reality where he met the wise one who was the keeper of the mosaic. Mm-hmm. And the keeper of the mosaic was arranging all the pieces of the mosaic, you and me and somebody else and everybody, so that we would interact right at this time in this moment so that we would have a chance to be with each other and, and, and not, not help fight, change, create, create, but just be with each other and hold each other and connect to each other. Mm-hmm. This world is not about, we don't need people to fix us or help us or correct us. Mm-hmm. What we just need people to do is love us and hold us and accept us. And when that happens, miracles happen. We start to feel invincible and we feel like we can do anything. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, wow. Just feel like I can listen to you all day, Danny. <laughs> um, but I, I love that. And I also like your, I love your analogy of the, the dating app and uh, how we kind of let our perceptions or what we think we want in love get in the way of, you know, people who could be potentially amazing. And so, you know, we'll swipe left for, you know, for very superficial reasons, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but when we come, if we come to find that, like, you know, like love is deeper than what you see on the surface, um, then you might be surprised at what you find for yourself. And I think that's uh, really what you're saying about your book, The Mosaic, is like, you know, you're not just learning from, and, and like you said, you've talked to people from all walks of life, you know, very successful people to, you know, people in poverty. Um, and you've come to find that the people who we sort of brush off, like if we're just kind of walking down the street and we see the homeless people in their tents, like we, we dismiss them. Um, and, and you took the time to stop and to talk to them. And, um, and I just, I could just only imagine, um, how amazing it is to be able to put that in a book to not just for yourself to maybe kind of find a, a form of self-healing and self-realization, but even for, um, to honor those stories, honor the people that have been a part of your journey. Yeah. And it, it isn't, it isn't like preachy, like the way it's like, it's a, a lot of the stories that like, I'm going to tell you a story right now that is in the spaces between the lines, between the words of that, of the book. Mm -hmm. So when you learn to listen, some of the things that make up the, the sentences that we say are not only the words we say, but the spaces between those words. If there wasn't space between the words, we wouldn't be able to understand the language we're speaking because all the words would run together and we wouldn't know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So the space has, has something to say as well. Mm -hmm. And because, I was, because the mosaic had taught me the beauty of the ordinary, we're all trying to be extraordinary. We, we're all running around. What are our superpowers? And I, my superpower is this and my super, and, and I'm so, so, I'm so sorry, but I'm so over that <laughs> because try, even Superman takes his cape and his mask off every once in a while. That's right. And, and, and trying to be a superhero all the time is just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. What the mosaic taught me was the beauty in the, in the ordinary that extraordinary yeah. things happen when extraordinaries come together. The mm -hmm. story that I just want to tell you very quickly yeah. is about a homeless man. Is about a homeless man, and I promised myself that on every show that I would be on, on every talk that I give, on every conference that I go to, on every boardroom that I'm at, in every podcast, and every TV show, in every newspaper article, I try and tell the story because it touched me so deeply. Mm -hmm. I was walking down the streets of San Diego, and I. I decided I just wanted to, I saw this homeless guy sitting there on the street corner and I went up to him and he said, no, 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 you can't come up. This is my corner. This is my corner. This is where I work. You can't come here. Don't come here. This is my corner. You're not welcome. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to impose on you, but I just, there's something about you. I want to know you. Mm. And he said, but I have to make money here. I have to make money. This is my corner. I said, how much money will you make in the next half an hour? He said, I make $5 a half an hour, $10 an hour. I sit here and I have to do that because I have to take care of people. And there are people that count on me to bring this money home and I have to do it. And that's, I make $5 a half an hour. Wow. So I went, in, I went into my wallet and I said, um, here's $50. Hopefully that will cover us for the next 30 minutes. Okay. And let's leave your hat out also because I think we'll make more money by being together. Okay. And I said, will you let me sit down with you and just talk with you? He said, you're strange. Come on, sit down. Go ahead. <laughs> And so I sat down and we started talking and I, and he said, what is it you want to know? What's so important to you that you want to know? Mm -hmm. I said, Corey, you see all these people walking by you. You see millions of people going by thousands of people every day. 
if you could stop them for one minute and just say one thing to them, what, what would you want to say to them? Here you are homeless and they're just walking by. What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'd ask them to take 10 minutes out of the course of their life and do what you're doing right now. Go up to someone they don't know and just ask them how they're doing. Yeah. And I said, Corey, like, that's so beautiful. But why of all the things that you could ask, would you do that? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Danny, you've told me some stories. Can I tell you a story? I said, absolutely, please. He said, the other day, you have no idea how much I hate being a homeless person. I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed of myself. I'm embarrassed by my situation. I'm embarrassed for my family. I'm embarrassed for the people that used to know me. I feel so bad. Mm-hmm. But my shame means nothing compared to the way people treat me. They treat me worse than an animal. They treat me like I'm a thing. They like me or they spit at me or they yell at me or they steal my money or they take things from me. The other day I, I saw these boys come in and I just smiled and said, hi, boys, how are you? And they came up and they kicked me and punched me and beat the hell out of me till I, was, till I didn't know if I was even going to continue living. Later on that night, I was just resting, trying to, trying to catch up from that. And a man stood urinating on me. And I finally said, enough is enough. I can't, like, I hate being homeless. And I'm not doing any good for anybody else that's here. Mm-hmm. So, Danny, you don't know this, but the street right behind us is dark. Nobody goes on it. Nobody walks on it. And in the evening, it's just completely pitch dark. I decided then and there I was going to go to that street when, when it turned evening and I was going to take my life. Not two minutes after I had that thought, a man in a three-piece suit came up to me and sat down and put his arm hand on my shoulder, just like you did. But you don't have a three-piece suit. He said, just like you did. And he said, how are you doing, brother? Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you don't want to know. You're, you're not interested. You don't want to know. Just keep walking. This is a bad day for me. Just keep walking. You don't want to know. Just keep walking. But he didn't keep walking. He sat down next to me and he, said, and he put his arm around me. And he said, Danny, I don't know if it was that he was wearing a three-piece suit or I don't know what it was about him, but something about the fact that he put his arm around me, this important man in a three-piece suit, put his arm around me, torn and disheveled and, and a mess, and sat there and said, tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. I started talking to him and tears came out of my eyes, big crocodile tears mm-hmm. that just came pouring down my face. And he said, Danny, do you know it only took about 10 minutes 10 minutes of me talking and crying in his arms. And I realized I could no longer kill myself because someone who was important cared enough about someone unimportant like me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I would say that to him. He said, I wish I could find that man again because he doesn't know that he saved my life. Mm -hmm. Well, Jen, there's something called the butterfly effect. When I heard that story, it touched me so deeply that I said, I'm going to tell that story. It's also part of what the mission that I'm doing of listening to people. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to tell that story to everybody. I tried to find Corey and tell him that I've told that story on every show, on every boardroom, and every conference that I've given, and every talk that I've given on every seminar that I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to know that millions of people have now heard his request to take 10 minutes out of the course of your life and just go up to someone you don't know and ask them how they're doing. You have no idea what the power of that can do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying to these people that are listening to your show right now, will you do that? That's how the revolution of listening starts. It doesn't cost anything to be involved. Well, it costs a little. It costs an investment of your heart. You have to care enough about somebody 
to really ask them without trying to fix them or help them or change them or convert them or lift them up. Just love them enough to sit there and, and ask them how they're doing and just listen to them. Yeah. Can you imagine what would happen in our businesses? Can you imagine what would happen in our life? Can you imagine if what would happen in our, in our families? If we cared enough about the people around us in our businesses, if we cared about the people that are mopping our floors, taking out our trash, typing up our, typing up our, our reports, um, messaging our things from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how our business would change and the culture of our businesses would change if we would just show people we cared enough about them to listen? Oh yeah, definitely. I think for me, I would fe- I feel like we could stop normalizing sitting in our own pain and resentment and misunderstanding of each other and be okay with trusting people. You know, it's, I, I, and, and just like what you said early on the whole, like, you know, figurative, like punching your face and then putting a wall up so you don't do that anymore. Um, It's because, you know, society has unfortunately, you know, beat us down and it makes sense. Like, of course we put those walls up as a way to protect ourselves. We don't have to do that again, but if we can, just like what you said at the beginning, you know, if you can't go outside, go inside. And if you can take that time to, you know, speak to yourself and kind of develop that inner voice and, you know, like listen to yourself, I think you can create this ripple effect, this um, listening revolution, as you say, yeah. and, and do that for other people and make them feel seen, heard and validated. And uh, maybe they don't have to do a lot of the external things that they feel like they feel like they need to do to attain that at the end of the day. That's all we really want at the end of the day is that is that connection, you know, and, and to feel love and validated and, and everything. So um, Danny is powerful. Thank you. And so you're right on one point, and I know we got to go in, in, a, in two minutes or so, but you're also right on point that's on, in saying that it starts with ourselves. We don't even do that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We try and avoid getting to know ourselves. We're scared to death to get to know ourselves. Why? Yeah. Like, what will you find if you got to know yourself? What that scares you so much? Yeah. Can you flip that coin over and realize that you might, you might be going on the most spectacular adventure that you could ever imagine Mm -hmm. by getting to know this person that you inhabit all the time, every moment of every day, get to know what you think, get to know what you feel, get to know how your breath affects your life, get to know how to change thoughts from positive to negative to negative to positive, get to know how to use, to listen to your inner voice and hear it Mm -hmm. and walk then with that power into the places that you go into. People feel it. When someone knows themselves, you walk into a spot and people feel it. Mm-hmm. Just like for you sure. felt it when I came in here, just like I felt it when I talked to you. Yeah, for sure. And you sure, don't need man. to be an empath to do it. You just, you, it just comes across. Yeah. I think a great way to close this up is to um, dare to get to know yourself. <laughs> I mean, we're in the, yeah. we're in the pandemic. You got, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to be stuck with yourself. You might as well do it. Um, Danny, wow. Just thank you again for our conversation. Um, Even though we had short time, it felt like you took a moment out of your day to slow down with me. And I just want to thank you so much for that. It's my honor. It's my honor. And and please, for anybody listening who wants to just be heard, get in touch with me. I just, I hold free sessions where I listen to people. Fantastic. Okay. Come Come and be a part of it. Beautiful. And uh, with that said, listeners, this is again, Daniel Bruce Levin. Uh, You can learn more about him at his website, danielbrucelevin.com, or also learn about his book, themosaiconline.com. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, 
please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.